Get ready to quit the build. The QTB crew is rounding up all the gaming news and hot topics of the week with a little extra something. And here are your hosts, Bruno and Nick. What it do, I'm Bruno, and with me as always is my childhood friend and co-host. I like to call him Daquan Randolph, but you know him as Nick. How's it going? <laughs> da- Daquan, fighter of the Nyquan. <laughs> That's me. Hello. What's oh, up, that's man? Your, that's is that your boxer name? That's gonna be your boxer name. Yes, Nick N- Nick Daquan Randolph. <laughs> yeah, undefeated. Undefeated. Not, not at boxing, but just at life. <laughs> yeah. Oh, What's going my on, goodness. man? Is man, it's been a it has been a, a a great weekend, and we are back here serving up some new gaming news. All that good stuff. I know we got some good things in store today for the QTB crowd, so I'm excited. Let's get into it. Oh yeah. Um, first of all, I think we I think we need to just address the fact that if it weren't for our awesome podcast, we, we'd be paying double the amount of uh, for Xbox Live. Yeah, we, I, right? I mean, yeah, like, we 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 pretty much single handedly bailed out Brad because he was the one who was going to be most affected by this. So just to recap, uh, at the at the end, and I'm, I'm not kidding when I say literally as we were recording the last episode, we covered, of course, that Xbox Live Gold uh, price increase that had been announced where they were going to uh, discontinue those uh, 12-month cards for $60, but also increase the price of the service by a dollar. And of course, you know, we, we broke down kind of the positives and negatives, and I mean, mostly negatives, but you know, our perspective on it and what we thought Microsoft was trying to do long term. And of course, as I'm editing the podcast afterwards, Bruno sends me a link uh, that said like, oh, yep, our bad. We're going to we're, we're gonna go ahead and not do that. And I'm like, Oops. oh, wait, what? No. <laughs> oh. We got together and we fired the guy who suggested it. Like, seriously, yeah. what if you're the guy who suggested that at the board meeting? Mm-hmm. You're like, uh, hey, Daryl, what was your suggestion again? You, What did you say? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say that we're going to need to go ahead and um, double the price of the Xbox Live out there. That's how we're going to get the money back. That's what I, yeah, it's Kermit hey. the Frog, yeah. <laughs> It's like that one episode of The Office where Michael Scott has that Willy Wonka idea to put the golden tickets in the in the paper, and then yep, later yep. they find out like it, yeah, like it, they that corporate hears about it and thinks it's a terrible idea, and then it becomes a great idea again, and he doesn't want to take credit, but then he does. Um, well, he it was a great idea until yeah. he put all the tickets in one pallet, which yeah. <laughs> all went out to like one customer. The same, or the same customer, so. yeah. Yeah, and does it say that you can only you can't use more than one coupon? <laughs> no. It does not. No, it does oh, not. Okay, good. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, as they were uh, as we were recording, rather, they did come out with that statement stating that uh, they they listened to the community feedback and they decided that they were not going to go forward with that change. I guess the blo- and I didn't really see a whole lot of internet kind of commentary on it, but I guess it happened swiftly enough that they said, "Hey, we gotta rethink this and go back to the drawing board." So not only did they cancel that $1 a month price increase, but if I understand it correctly, they're also going to still allow people to buy those physical cards. But what they did that really nobody expected was rather than just saying, okay, w- our bad, we're going to go back on that, they w- they took it one step further, which is that they do? free-to-play games on Xbox will no longer require an Xbox Live Gold subscription in order to Ooh. use 
That is Ooh. huge. And Brad was just talking about that in the last episode. I'm sure he's thrilled yeah. about this. Because, yeah, if you're just playing like Fortnite, Rocket League, any of those free-to-play games, and you're yeah. only running that Xbox Live Gold subscription for that, you have no interest in Game Pass, you're instantly saving money. So ultimately, you know, if you're looking strictly at the numbers, Xbox is probably going to lose money on that. But I think yeah. it was such an integrity move for them to not only say our bad, but say, here's how we're going to address it. And here's how we're going to make the service better for everybody. What did you think? I think that is 100% Xbox. And that's why you will find out listeners, why I'm an Xbox fanboy. It's not that I don't like PlayStation. It's that I think Xbox has a better, customer experience than PlayStation has ever had or will ever have. I think PlayStation is only interested in nickel and diming their customers. And I think I think Xbox has proven time and time and again that they do things for the fans. They're creating a fan service. That's been their goal, I think, with the latter half of the Xbox One uh, lifespan has been to basically say, you know, we're going to listen to what what Xbox fans want. And they've done surveys uh, for both PlayStation fans and for Xbox fans. And they found that PlayStation fans want exclusives and Xbox fans want mobility. They want to be able to play their games on the go or to have some type of experience where they can pick it up and and be able to play play on the go like through their phone or or something similar and i think that's what they're they're delivering now is the the game pass so i think it's 100% up xbox's alley to to listen to the fan base and basically say you know we messed up you're right this isn't the right way for us to go we can find another way. We can find another way. Right. This isn't the solution. So I, I, I'm, you know, like I said, personally, it, it didn't affect me either way. Like mm-hmm. to, whether to because I have the the uh, Game Pass Ultimate. Yeah. So I get both of those, but it it just is one of those things where when you're talking about this the the console war so to speak between Xbox and PlayStation you know for the longest time PlayStation fanboys were like you know oh PlayStation network is free it's free it's free right and then all of a sudden they started tacking on a price to it and it's like well it's no longer free anymore and now for Xbox to not only say like okay we're going to increase the price that was like you know, that was like fuel for the fire for PlayStation fanboys. They were like, yeah, buddy, see, mm-hmm. see, this is why it's bad. And then they, for them to not only reverse that decision, but to go one step further and say, actually, we're not going to charge you to play free to play games like Rocket League and Fortnite. Um, that's just like the nail in the coffin in terms of what is the better service. Yeah. Not that there's ever been any question about it. I've always held the position that because you've had to pay for Xbox Live, you get a better service. It's more stable, it's less um, laggy and um, slow in terms of like matchmaking and whatnot. And they've Mm -hmm. come a long way 
with PlayStation Network. But from the get-go, Xbox Live has always been a premium service, and I think it remains that way with this new iteration. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see what they what they continue to do in terms of listening to their player base because that gives me hope for Halo. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't know about you, but yeah. do you, have you ever seen a company that has decided to reverse a decision so quickly from backlash like not that rapidly and not with that clear uh, and concise of a message that like i said you know when, when we when we recorded that that last episode i mean it was still relatively breaking news um yeah. and you don't really expect you know especially when you're when you're creating a, a podcast like ours where we're, we're talking about as of the time we're recording up to the minute news to have something break like that that's not only like a rumor or like, hey, they're going to be issuing a statement regarding this. No, I mean, they, they, there were some people in some boardrooms that got together and said, look, we need, we need to figure this out now. Um, and that's the only way that you can make something like that happen on, on a corporate level with such a big uh, company like Microsoft. So no, I mean, I, I really can't think of any recent events where something like this has happened. And, you know, I think it's a big push in the right direction towards not just, you know, making the Xbox more attractive versus other consoles, but also just making it more in line with, you know, they always talk about how they want to get the Xbox Series X, you know, up to a comparable, uh, you know, PC rig so that you can play, you know, these cutting edge games. And well, that's fine on the hardware side. But like I had been talking about in the last episode, it always was a kind of a beef of mine. And really, for some games that I own on Xbox, still will be one because they're paid games. They're not free to play. Is that, you know, on PC, I do have that luxury of being able to pop onto Overwatch. You know, um, I'll, mm. I'll likely never play Xbox uh, Overwatch again simply because I have access to Overwatch on PC. And I would rather just pop on there and not have to re up my gold than to go on to Xbox and pay money for that. There's just, you know, you, you understand what I'm saying. There's, yeah, there's yeah, of in course. that particular scenario, there's no reason for me to do so. So, but I mean, regardless, uh, that's just a little bit of a nitpick in the big picture. And um, yeah, kudos to Microsoft, like I said, in our uh, correction from the last episode. And uh, I'm, I'm with you. I think that the, especially with all these uh, company acquisitions that we're hearing about from Microsoft with uh, things like Bethesda, you know, that they're they're going to have their ear to the ground when it comes to really feeling out what the community thinks mm. about things and not yeah. only figuring it out, but doing so quickly and accurately um, so that their responses to things, um, you know, can be can be heard and and resonate with their with their customer base. Good stuff. Yeah, I agree. I think um, I think there's only one way to approach the future of of any type of business, and that's really listening to your customers. There's no excuse not to now. You know, maybe before you could say, oh, well, we're not really receiving feedback, but now with social media and mm-hmm. the comment section, <laughs> you can easily oh, yeah. gauge <laughs> gauge the 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 audience that you're trying to market to to see whether or not that's something that they prefer or something that is totally against what they're all about. Mm -hmm. Do you ever think that we're going to see an Xbox Live service that basically allows you to play every game like Overwatch online for free? Or do you think that they will always kind of hold that card 
close to them? It's really tough to say. You know, that last episode, we were we were so confident about the reasoning behind them increasing the price and about them trying to ultimately push people towards a Game Pass Ultimate subscription to have that all-in-one value for just a few extra dollars a month. Now, I don't have a clue, man. I mean, I, it's 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 so tough to say. And I think now they're they're even probably going back to the drawing board of being like, okay, whatever that, you know, five-year roadmap was for Xbox Live Gold and Game Pass and Ultimate and all that, you know, we kind of have to go back and, and re-examine that and see where we where we, we want to be in another five years or so. I, I really have no idea. I say it's completely up in the air as to how this affects their sales and their subscriptions to the simple service of Xbox Live Gold. I don't know, man. What about you? I don't know. I'm curious to find out how their stocks may have fluctuated during this time. Uh, when they announce something to when they reversed their decision and then decided to go free to play, was there a dip in stock that they saw, or was there perhaps you know some some investor that said, "Hey, we don't really dig that." Like you said, are the Bethesdas and other companies pulling their weight in that respect? It's it's very interesting to. To see a company reverse a decision like this, such a big decision too, so quickly yeah. without essentially there being enough time for news to really hit, which is so funny because Facebook's algorithm and whatnot is so slow that I kept seeing the original articles that said – Xbox Live prices increasing and it wasn't true anymore because yeah. they had reversed the decision so quickly but you know it's it's it, it, the damage was still done in terms of the articles that went out there right. and you know and the podcasts you know the <laughs> obviously yeah, the podcasts. you know <laughs> don't let those go out got to stop that of course, that's the big that's the big one right there. Yeah, that's what they were like. They didn't want that at all because mm-hmm. obviously our advertising uh, holds some weight. That's and right. Speaking of advertising, here's some here's some words from us again. And we are back. And you know, Bruno, we've got some really interesting news this week. There's just been, you know, I, we're not a financial podcast. But when it comes to the finances of well-known, you know, gaming or even just gaming retail companies, um, I think that it's it's worth talking about. And this first article that we're looking I mean, at today, everything I learned from from stonks, I learned from The Wolf of Wall Street and The Big yeah. Short. So that's my it's movie based. So All if it movie doesn't based. exist within the movies or what I've seen on TV, I don't know. I don't it's know. A, yeah, yes, yes. Real life finance works exactly like the exactly like the movies. That's why I, I, yeah, I could have fooled me. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, the Big Short is based on a on a true story. Yes, so you, I you love have that. that much. Anyway, any, anyway, yeah. as an any aside, who? but what do you yeah, got for me, Grant, some financial observer. <laughs> oh, I've been observing some finances the last twenty four hours, and that is really the really the whole week. The story is about GameStop. Now, if you've been anywhere near the internet, especially Reddit, you've probably seen something about this. So what had happened was, and this this goes back a, a, more than a couple weeks, there is this subreddit uh, called Wall Street Bets. 
that basically their whole thing is like YOLOing on stocks for no reason other than <laughs> we just want to we, we don't care about the financials. We don't care about, you know, any of the of the of the core things that you would normally look at before investing in a company. We just really want to all go all in on this one like dumb stock that Doing we think it for is the lulls. It, it's actually for the lulls. So they they actually say on the description for the subreddit, it's like 4chan found a Bloomberg terminal. It's like 4chan found a Bloomberg. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Genius, right? So yeah, that's that what happens you, a- when, you know what they always say? This is what happens when you give old people technology. This is what happens when you teach young people <laughs> things about the real world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they they, they they create their own chaotic system of, uh, of, of, well, this. So what happened is, I guess a couple people a while back um, that were, were big names on the subreddit started to talk about GameStop. Now, GameStop, of course, over the last decade and really, you know, maybe even beyond, has been struggling as, uh, as a business because the model of physical games like we've been talking about in, in past episodes really hasn't uh, hasn't worked for them, you know, and and they've had to really tr- struggle to find new ways to innovate their business model. And for the most part, it just hasn't been working. Of course, COVID struck right around the time that they were trying to make those changes. And that yeah. just threw another wrench into whatever, uh, whatever game plan they may have had to reopen and, and try different things with their with their uh, the real estate and the, the, the properties that they own. Now, what had happened is, Enough people got behind this where they all started to say, you know what, we're going to go all in. If you've got money, drop it in GameStop. And this, I mean, keep in mind that like a year ago, the value of, of GameStop stock went as low as $3, fluctuated between about 3 bucks oh. and, and 20 bucks. Yeah. Wow. Um, a far cry from its, uh, from its heyday. And these guys managed to get it up to like 50 bucks over the course of the last. Uh, well, rather, rat last week, right? And that's when yeah. a lot of uh, uh, of people started to take notice because you don't usually see that kind of swing with these core stocks, you know, maybe like in, in, in crazy stuff like cryptocurrency, but not, you know, maybe like a 5% gain is a good day for, for most companies. Yeah. So needless to say, a lot of people started to say, what's going on here? And they're checking out the, this Wall Street bets place. And this snowball effect started to happen. And out of nowhere, just a few days ago, I mean, this thing absolutely surges to over a hundred bucks. And today, during the after hours trading, it actually went over two hundred dollars per share. Oh my goodness! And it, what the reason why it went there is because Elon Musk, like just before the uh, the closing bell um, for Wall Street, <laughs> sends out a one word tweet of game stonks. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and that that's all it took like what, that's it, what all it took that was it there was already like a trajectory to the moon for this stock for no reason other than the lulls i wish i was exaggerating wow. the only major shift that they've made in the last two weeks i think is that they had a a, a board member join who's got kind of a vision for gamestop to kind of be the amazon of games rather than the sears of games i think was his quote <laughs> and which is it, it's prolific right but yeah well, needless to say somebody who used to work at sears and right. saw the decline of it yeah. over the years like mm-hmm. yeah i can definitely say that you don't want to be like sears <laughs> that's right you were the sears police yes i was sears police so yeah. which I, that's that was my that was my tagline sears <laughs> police get down to the ground <laughs> That's what I used to yell at them. But see, the thing is, I didn't have a weapon, so I would just, like, aim my fingers at them. Like, I had yeah. a weapon, yeah. like Mr. Bean, just like, get yeah. down. 
Right. And so, yeah, they'll, we'll, 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 we'll definitely get into some stories uh, mm-hmm. later on about... From about, the Sears uh, days. From the Sears days. I got to tell you, though, no one ever stole any video games. Well, I was right down the... Because uh, and key. Yeah, I was right down the uh, the mall from you there, uh, working at GameStop uh, for for a while. Oh yeah, not I for a, not for a long time, but um, that was it was it was a, like a seasonal gig. I went over there to, um, you know, they always picked up the extra people because so many so many uh, confused parents are walking in and buying stuff during the holidays that they need people to steer them in the right direction. And it was, <laughs> it, yeah, it was an interesting job and one that uh, well, I'll definitely. Uh, uh, give some stories on down the road, but yeah, like, like I said, I'm not going to go into like the financial bearings of of GameStop and you know is this stock worth what it's worth right now? But rather, I, I think it's a good conversation point because everybody's talking about GameStop right now. It's it's at the forefront of a lot of financial media yeah. um, to kind of t- kind of look at like you know what what has been going on with GameStop, and I'm reminded of um, the the big acquisition that they had. It was back in. Uh, about 2019, the deal had been struck much sooner. Thinkgeek.com that sold a lot of uh, kind of video game and just kind of geeky uh, themed merchandise, as the name implies. Yes. Um, it. Yeah, they closed and uh, GameStop Sad. actually acquired them. And if you walk into a GameStop now, um, you'll actually see like a Think Geek section Ooh. where you can get that. So it's not like they're gone. It's just the whole yeah, yeah. the whole play is to try and get those people to come into a GameStop. Have you have you been in a GameStop anytime recently? Uh, I have. So not for the not for the reasons of buying a game, but I will say that going into GameStop is really cool now because it. It's like seventy five percent gaming memorabilia, yeah, and like action figures and that kind of stuff. So, with the shutdown of something like Toys R Us, the fact that GameStop can kind of step in there. I mean, if I not that saying I was going to Toys R Us or anything like that, you know, all the time. I'm, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm an adult, so you know, I only go there like every other month, right? You know, when they were open, but uh, you know, as, as an adult, the only thing I was really interested in in uh, Toys R Us was video game type of stuff, anyway. So yeah. to have that kind of like all in one store. Is super cool. I think I liked a lot of the stuff that ThinkGeek had on their website, and so I would be excited to see more of that stuff in an actual retail environment instead of having to just see what it looked like online. Because a lot of the stuff that they sold on ThinkGeek was really expensive, but you always kind of question the quality of it. And if you could actually see That's what true. that Mega Man helmet looked like in yeah. IRL, you know, like mm-hmm. <laughs> you can make a decision on spending a hundred, hundred dollars on it or whatever, whatever it costs. So, yeah. you know, I, as you know, like we were talking about the other day, the only reason most people buy a physical copy of a game is because it comes with some special physical item like a statue or call of duties come out with tons of things like medals and night vision goggles and stuff so you know it's that's what i hope gamestop becomes i hope it becomes the sharper image of gaming (laughs) you know (laughs) Well, I mean, 
like I said, with that board member that uh, joined recently, like that's kind of uh, that you're not too far off from what I guess they're trying to to pivot towards. And it's not like that's a new thing, you know. Yeah, the last time that I went into a GameStop was probably within like the last maybe two years. And yeah, I mean, you go in and it, it, it especially with like the glass cases with like the really cool uh, scale model, like replicas of uh, of certain, uh, you know, characters and like a random like Batman, you know, statue yeah. and that kind of thing that's not necessarily gaming related. It, it, it felt almost more to me like walking into like, uh, like a merchandising section of like Comic Con or something. Yeah. Where... Well, that's let's be honest. Like most conventions are just a big, yeah, a big ploy to sell. Of course, stuff anyway. So mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. It does. It feels like going to like a mini convention now, and I think that's what I want from GameStop. Like I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't need video games from them. I can get those digitally. Um, and for those that still do want video games from them, they can obviously provide that. But if I walk into their store, I think I'm more excited when 75% of the store, if not more, is dedicated to merchandise that I can buy that's gaming related, almost like a Spencer's Gifts yeah. for for gamers. Well, yeah, but like with with with... with concepts like Spencer's gifts or even GameStops, you know, in in the, you know, now now defunct concept of a of an indoor mall. Their whole thing was that that they didn't really need to give you a reason to come into a location um, aside from just trying to drag people that are already in the mall into their store by having, you know, eye-popping things out front, right? If you're a store that specializes in like generic gaming merch like like GameStop is doing, well, most of these GameStops aren't in malls anymore, or if they are still in a mall, it's probably a dead mall where they're just like one of the few things that are still hanging on, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, that it's it's really tough that like, yeah, it, it is cool when you walk in, but like you said, why would you really need or have a reason to walk in to be like, oh, I'm going to go drive over to my local GameStop and window shop, you know, all the all the memorabilia that they have. Like there's no, there's no real incentive. And I know that before COVID, one of the things that I think they were almost testing in a couple of their locations was they were trying to create almost like a like a like a hobby store kind of thing like a mom and pop hobby place where you can go in and there's like an area set up where you can you know hang out with other people almost like a social area and there would be events there and you could you could even play like tabletop gaming where it it, they wanted to get that to capture that feel of like you know at your local GameStop you can hang out with local people that have similar interests and you know GameStop um, kind of gives you things to buy and experience while you're there. Um, and I guess because of COVID that either it, it just it, it didn't work out in the the small limited test they did of that, or maybe COVID just kind of forced them to change their their model. You know, I know for a while there with COVID, GameStop was getting some really bad press. Do you remember that? Yeah, well, I, I usually the, the press surrounding GameStop has always been negative. I think yeah. that's their motto is just like, let's just bring on the negative press. And you know what they say, yeah. all press is good good press and it's like that's not necessarily true and yeah um i th- the biggest thing i remember from gamestop was the fact that i think people were like employees were digging through the dumpster to like Oof. resell games back to gamestop that weren't oh, quite man. 
out of their system yet. Like there were certain games that weren't out of the system yet, but they had to get rid of them or something. Yeah. And that's the only thing I remember hearing about. And I don't know what, how true that was, but every time game stops in the news, I feel like it's been, it's been negative. And yeah. for the most part, my experience with GameStop in terms of gaming has always been negative, lest the pre-orders that I've had. For the most yeah. part, I've, you know, the pre-orders have all gone smoothly. Mm-hmm. Um, if you could pre-order them, I remember when they did pre-orders, when they first started doing pre-orders and that kind of stuff for GameStop, one of the things they did was they decided to limit the amount of pre-orders that they would get. And I guess they would buy the yeah. stock before they would do the pre-orders instead of the other way around. Um, but huh. yeah, that was like early, early GameStop because they'd be like, oh, we're out of pre-orders. Whereas there was a pre-order window right. that you could pre-order it no matter, you know, they didn't run out, so to speak. So for me, I, I think I've, I always have wanted them to be a little more than just, just a gaming store because you're right. Now there, well, there's no incentive for me to like drive over to GameStop, but I will say as a gamer, like walking through a mall, right? If I'm walking through a mall before I would like pass over GameStop. If I was with my wife, you'd be like, do you want to go into GameStop? I'd be like, not really. There's no need for me to go in there. I'm not going to buy a game. I'm right. not going to look through the games because I know what's out mm-hmm. there. Like, I follow gaming sites and news yeah. things, so nothing's going to surprise me in that respect. But yeah. now, now I would definitely go in. I'd be like, yeah, I want to go into GameStop. I want to see what, you know, what toys they have. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, man. Like, what figures and, and, and just merch that do they have from different gaming things? And that would draw me in, you know, convention style merchandise I would say whether it's gaming or comic books or movies or anything like that I would be more incentivized to go into a GameStop instead of just passing over it for merely having games um, yeah. so I, to me it's I, I'm I'm welcome to it I'm excited by it uh, my there's I have such a love-hate relationship with GameStop because oftentimes I'll go in to like find something like maybe it's an old game or something they'll be like oh we don't have that we don't know <laughs> we never have that or whatever maybe it's an accessory or something oh, we don't really have that but I've got such great memories of standing outside of GameStop waiting for a game to to be released I started a slow clap at the Halo 3 release GameStop, one of my proudest moments in life. I literally, I was, I don't know, probably 10th in line. Got a nice slow clap going on for Halo 3. The line was out the door, around, outside, mind you. This was this was the Martinsburg Mall GameStop. It was going outside. <laughs> I remember. Outside towards yeah. JCPenney, which was like four stores down like the other side of the mall that's how far the the line was and i your boy got a nice slow clap going and 
I tell you, if you ever want to feel like a hero, you can either just save someone from a burning building or start a slow clap. And I would suggest the latter mm. because it's a lot less dangerous. Yeah. You don't have to start a fire with that one. Yeah. yeah, that too. Well, I wouldn't recommend starting the fire either. <laughs> well, well, we did. We didn't start the fire. It's it's always been burning since the world's been turning. It really has. And I was gonna say, yeah. do you know who started the fire? But they're really. Well, it's, Ryan started the fire, right? Yeah, for one hundred percent. You can't yeah. you can't have bagel bites and set them to high or turbo in the oven. That was the uh, the cheese pita. Well, the yeah, that's what it was, the cheese pita. <laughs> so funny story, Bruno almost started a fire when we first moved into our house here. There was no a we, yeah, we had a brand new toaster oven and some had past tense. Well, it <laughs> <laughs> so it was brand new. And I didn't realize it was brand new. I, well, I knew it was brand new. My, my mom was like, it's brand new. And so that's how I knew it was brand new. But there was no box or anything. And some some chowder head at I, the I won't name the brand that did it, but some chowder head decided to tape the instructions to the ceiling of the toaster oven. So when you'd open it up, like no. they were like in there. So I'm like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm going to oh. cook a pizza. I'm just going to throw a little pizza in the toaster yeah. oven and boom, set that sucker to turbo. And all of a sudden, flames are coming out. And I'm like, whoa, that's <laughs> Turbo way doesn't t- mess around. <laughs> turbo is, is intense, right? <laughs> like, this is <laughs> like, I, you know, I've heard of like flame kissed, but woo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, we, yeah, we obviously still have a house and a, uh, um, kind of crispy toaster oven now. Um, you still and, have it. Yeah, I still have it. Yeah, we we cleaned it out, and the the instructions are well. well I, done. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have done. <laughs> yeah. Next time, maybe don't tape them or put them in the top like that because. Yeah, I didn't realize that. So yeah, like a toaster is not even going to be at eye level. A toaster oven, like it's mm-hmm. on. It's an appliance on on the countertop. So like, of course, you're not going to see that. Yep. I I wow. don't know who who thought of that, but uh, congratulations to them, um, yeah. because you made made that night, and you made me afraid of turbo mode on the <laughs> right. on the toaster oven. So it's know. like in The Sims, like with the low cooking skill, and like you go to make something simple, and like like all of a sudden the kitchen starts burning. <laughs> like that literally happened to you. You're just boiling water. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Critical failure. Cereal. You don't even need the (laughs) oven for that. (laughs) Uh, Sorry, kid. You rolled a one. Oh my goodness, man. But yeah, you know, for me, and I I think you're a hundred percent right about the the aspect of like, yeah, you know, even when I'm walking by a GameStop, I never really had much of a reason to go in. I remember if I if I would go to the mall. I would get more excited about walking by like an FYE. Mm, Uh, For for anyone that's uh, younger than a a millennial, FYE was a magical place where you could go to buy things like uh, compact discs that contained songs, uh, which you could then place inside of a compact disc player. So a compact Um, disc is like a DVD, but it just holds music. 
Yeah. And then the uh, the little spinner device on there would would go uh, would go whir, whir. and uh, it would cause music to uh, to come out of the device through lasers. and into your ear holes through the power of lasers. <laughs> that was that was in like the Vice City soundtrack, right? Like that one, uh, that one like Flash <laughs> FM girl. She's like, yeah, this is they're doing they're doing this new thing called a compact disc. They're made with lasers that don't skip. <laughs> Amazing. But yeah, you know, I, I was more excited to go into an FYE than a GameStop because FYE, and I'm sure the few that still exist have this going on as well, that really cool like merchandising section yeah. that had nothing to do with music. And that was the same concept where it was like you never knew what you were going to find. And it could be like movie memorabilia yep. or just like novelty, like food items, like so weird themed too. cereals. Yeah. But oftentimes I would go there um, as kind of a place to fill in the blanks for like uh, Christmas gifts for people that I wasn't quite sure what to buy them. But I knew that they had some taste in in uh, movies or games or TV or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a it's a tough challenge in this era of just digital games and people having less and less of a reason to walk inside of a store. But the price going up uh, something like 250 percent in the last couple of days, probably doesn't have anything to do with the actual, fi- the, 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 the core uh, fundamentals of, <laughs> of GameStop. Um, well, and it also crazy is stuff. A, a good lesson in, you know, finance and investment that the stock market doesn't dictate economics and the economy no. like yeah. just because the stock goes up doesn't all automatically mean that GameStop is going to get better or yeah. that this new business model is necessarily going to work it just means a bunch of people decided to invest in it and therefore the stock has gone up so you know mm-hmm. you take that with a grain of salt and move on with your day and hopefully you know, you don't piss off any robots out there like mm. Sophia. Who just so happens to be a part of our next news article. How did you know, Bruno? It's I, it's almost like we talk about this in advance. It might be, but I would I would just say it's because I'm clairvoyant. You can call me Bruno Nostradamus. Oh, oh my own over here. Didn't see that coming. <laughs> hey yo. So what's oh up with God. Sophia? What's what's yeah. going on? If it, for those of you who don't remember, Sophia is this robot that said she was going to destroy the world. She did, and we'll we'll we're definitely going to circle back on that one. Um, just to just to remind everybody about that little tidbit, because uh, the big news is that the creators of Sophia the Robot uh, are planning to mass produce that unit this very year, oh uh, bringing us one step closer to, of course, the inevitable Skynet that will bring uh, the techno apocalypse upon us all. So, yeah, this is a, um, a a robot that was created by Hanson Robotics, and this is not the first time. That we've had uh, some some exposure and news about it. They've been working on this for a very long time, um, and that that little freak incident that you're talking about did happen uh, several several years ago, mm-hmm. where the the interview went very very wrong. <laughs> but the idea is that this is a robot that is meant to be almost like a, a civic robot, like it's it's meant to serve functional purposes, um, not just be you know this kind of cool cutting edge thing. Um, so they wanted to do things like taking care of the sick or the elderly, or even just providing social stimulation in the form of conversations with a robot that, uh, that comes very close to, what's that term? Uh, when, when the uncanny valley, uncanny valley, yep. 
So for those of you who don't know, the Uncanny Valley is um, a hypothesized relationship between the degree of an object's resemblance to a human being and the emotional response to such an object, according to Wikipedia. Basically, nice. that means, yeah, I already I knew we were going to talk about that because mm-hmm. that's what makes her so creepy looking is the fact is this uncanny valley that we're talking about. Yeah. It's this this idea that we put emotional responses to objects that have faces. And if the face doesn't resemble a human's face as much as we'd like, it becomes creepy to us right. and becomes off-putting. So she's still very much off-putting. They've, yeah. done, a, they've done a good job of, of improving that. But maybe, I don't know, maybe she just needs to look like a Disney princess. You know, less realistic and more cartoonish. Like, why does she, why does she need to be human like why can't she be robot like in that respect i'm not sure exactly what all the models are actually going to end up looking like so they said that they're releasing four models that are going to start being mass produced uh this year to the public so anyone can can buy one of these apparently and Sophia will be one of those four models. So I believe the the image that's been making the rounds uh, of Sophia um, is it's just going to be that one model, which I believe is supposed to be focused on social interaction. Yeah. And like they had said, providing like therapy and offering uh, you know social interaction to to people that might might be in need of that kind of stimulation. Again, I don't the, the use case. I can't even begin to understand, and I'm sure that the cost of these things yeah, that's is going to be ask. What's the absolutely cost? through the roof. Not only the cost, but there's got there's got to be some kind of maintenance factor as well, where there's going to have to be someone that comes out and 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 services these things. Otherwise, like you know, something's going to go wrong. And one of the reasons why they're making a push, I guess, sooner than their initial target dates, was because. The healthcare sector especially has seen a large uptick in the number of uh, of uses for just autonomy, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Because, yeah, they know uh, robots are helping uh, with uh, just kind of dealing with COVID-19, and um, he thinks that more automation is needed to help keep people safe. So this is going to, I mean, these guys are going to be kind of on the cutting edge and kind of be the Tesla of of autonomy, I think, because this is the only big company I know of who's even coming close to having something that's production ready and apparently will be on whatever store shelf would sell something this absurd uh, this this year. So I, I think you know, we'll probably see them in, in like a hospital setting or something in that respect mm-hmm. first. I think that will be the first adoption of them, less personal use and more business use in that respect. Yeah. If you could have have her as a a greeter for mm. a big business building. Hello, welcome to Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, the greeters are going to be out of job. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I you know, and it's 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 a really it's really a shame because some of the greeters in um some of the more colorful parts of the United States are really mm-hmm. gems. They just really are. I miss, 
I miss just the like cigarette in one hand. Yeah. I don't care attitude in the other hand. <laughs> get your crap and get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what you get. That's what you get. Oh, yeah, kind of an, again. I figured the Irma voice was coming there. Oh yeah, yeah. We can yeah. we can bring her her out anytime. She she knows all the secrets, all the secrets of life. <laughs> and Walmart. <laughs> and Walmart, very frequent Walmart shopper over yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. So oh. yeah, and you're you're absolutely right that uh, there was a recent study that did find that humans um, that want AI robots prefer that they only look human. Up until a certain point, where like you were talking about, the uncanny valley dips down into like you know you're 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 just too close to being real to the point that I can I can see that you're not, yeah, and that makes me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you were significantly less realistic, but still provided the same AI like conversations, I wouldn't be nearly as as off putting um, or off put by it. But yeah, so and we we have to go back to what you were talking about um, with that uh, now infamous interview back all the way in wow this was in 2017 i believe yeah or 2016 yeah so right so there was a conversation uh yeah march of 2016 so david hansen uh in hansen robotics same guy that was mentioned during the article um there was a live demonstration as at the uh i was at the south by southwest festival where he asked and i quote do you want to destroy humans Please say no. And before I even give the reply, what are you doing, man? Like you have you have put yourself into a situation where, like, I, I get it. You're probably confident in the in in the AI, but a wrong answer here is going to completely like devastate like public trust in like what you're trying to do. I think it's 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 almost it's almost too arrogant to ask a question like that where you're so confident that it's going to be this peacekeeping and happy answer um, <laughs> that for him to even like put it on the table, like it's not like the robot, like like the question was like, do you like waffles? And they're like, yes, and destroying humans. Like, <laughs> yes, and just, yes, with a side of human destruction. <laughs> yeah, 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 with the blood of humans as, as my syrup. So, yeah, so anyway, the, the re- response was with a blank expression because Sophia does have different expressions based on what she believes the, the tone of the response should be. It was a blank expression, and she said, okay, I will destroy humans. There Congratulations, you played yourself. Right? Like, there was, they were probably thinking to themselves, like, okay, what's, like, worst-case scenario, like, mm-hmm. interview-wise, and... Usually you prep when you go into an interview with someone, you know, if you're like (laughs) pitching an idea, you're like, okay, Uh so here's the things we're going to talk about and here's the things we're not going to talk about. And if they ask us about this, we're going to politely deflect the conversation, spin team and spin it. So yeah. it's not really uh, – politicians do this all the time. It's where they give you an answer without really answering the question that you've asked. And I would venture to say that this was probably worst-case scenario. Like, yeah. <laughs> she's not going to say that. Do you want to destroy humans? Please say that. No. Yeah. Okay. I will destroy humans. <laughs> like, you That's, know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just like slowly turns into like. <laughs> yeah, the deep, the deep voice. You might as well go ahead and resign. Like, but uh, 
Yeah, and, that's kind of the, like the Steve Harvey moment for uh, for this company. And I mean, I guess it's good that they they bounce back from that uh, almost memishly funny like negative press from that. But I, you know, I'm. I still struggle with this one. And look, I mean, even in this article, they're saying that, you know, it's mostly meant as to be as a, as not as like, this is a functional robot that's going to walk around and actually like, you know, live among other humans. We're nowhere even remotely close to having that kind of reliable tech, but they do want it to serve as kind of a, almost like a information kiosk of sorts. Like we were talking about with Walmart where, yeah, if you did want to have something that like its whole purpose was just to be a, uh, you know, a repository of information that if you wanted to walk up and say, hey, where do I go to go to the bathroom or whatever, that they would be able to to point you in the right direction. Yeah, I think but, of like a museum curator, somebody that kind of answers questions yeah. or gives a tour or something that respect. I think that's the type of information that you can easily pass on to a robot and say, oh, yeah, it's 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 a robot walking tour. And the robot is obviously <laughs> going to have way more knowledge than a person could ever be able to come up with or remember for their job. So, yeah, I think in that in that respect, really, really cool. Uh, I do agree that it she does look weird. And I think that. You're why, like I said, why do we need to have robots look like people? Like, we have so many examples in pop culture and in video games of robots that don't look like people but kind of look like people, like Zenyatta from Overwatch, <laughs> you know, perfect example, like, totally yeah. doesn't, you know doesn't look like a human but has features that are similar so i I think you can do it in a different way it doesn't necessarily have to be have to have this human face for us to connect with it i think we've proven that with tamagotchis (laughs) uh yeah (laughs) you know yeah ludicrously simple right yeah (laughs) Oh, your your little blob with a beak evolved into like a blob with 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 some arms. Congratulations! Yeah. <laughs> now clean the poop. Now clean the poop. Yep. You know my favorite robot was Two uh, XL back in the day. Did you ever have oh, a Two XL? I did have a Two XL. Oh yeah. my goodness! So I had Two XL, and I'm pretty sure that he was possessed, or I'm pretty oh. sure he had the capability of like minor sentience. Like he he knew what was going on around him because there were some times where he would just like, if you didn't have a tape on him and turned him on, he would say some things and you were like, wait a minute, is this programmed into you or is this what's happening? So I don't remember that part. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if this was just me, but um, yeah, I do. So for those of you who don't don't remember 2XL was this little robot, probably about, I don't know, a foot foot tall. And he had light up eyes and a light up mouth. And he had a little tape deck, a cassette mm-hmm. tape deck on his chest. Like and, 4D batteries to power this thing. Yeah. And 
he his head had like a little handle where you could kind of I'm pretty sure it had a little handle you could like carry him around and yeah. there were different tapes that he would like tell you stories or jokes that's my favorite one is a pea is neither a pea nor a nut <laughs> or no a peanut that's what he says a peanut is yeah. neither a pea nor a nut <laughs> and I was like oh yeah of good course. job to Excel that's it yeah thank you so oh, yeah. we definitely need to put that on on the website. So everyone can see, I, I we just I can find an old commercial of of two uh, yeah. XL. <laughs> that thing was so ahead of its time. I remember watching a YouTuber that you know kind of breaks down that retro tech, and there was a couple other things that were playing with that idea at the time. But it's wild to think that a cassette tape that essentially was just playing one audio file, well, not file, but one audio uh, soundbite from start to finish. Mm-hmm was able to do that because with the 2XL, like it would ask, like there'd be sections where it'd be like, it, it was a story yeah. and you could, it was like a choose your own adventure thing where he'd be like, hey, press A if you want to go left or press B if you want to go right. Yeah. And it would actually work. Or um, there would be like games where he would ask you quiz questions and like, you know, you'd, you'd have to select the right answer and he would tell you if you were right before moving on and looking at like how that actually worked. There's some pretty cool kind of behind the scenes uh, wizardry yeah. to make that kind of thing work that it it was really cool and ahead of its time and and actually kind of did sell the concept of being like a, like you said almost like a a sentient robot but not without trying to go for this you know super realistic look but i mean at the end of the day it's it's running off a cassette tape it's not that it's yeah <laughs> it's, yeah yeah yeah, this thing isn't going to be trying to uh, undo mankind anytime soon. No, and I think they tried to reboot it several years later. I'm not, I'm not sure, but mm. I, I felt like they tried to reboot it a couple years later and kind of bring it back and breathe new life into it. But technology had kind of moved on by that point, and at this stage of the game, they've that type of technology is just built into online games surveys and whatnot <laughs> you know you select yes yeah. get this right. response or whatever it may be but back then we were blown away it was mind-boggling yeah. to think that we could select something and get a different answer or select right. a wrong answer and uh yeah i remembered the 2xl loved it i had tons of tapes for it it was uh yeah it was it was an awesome little thing i'm sure you can get it on ebay i'd imagine it's yeah it's one of those toys that so many people had that even though it's uh you know that people have the nostalgia for it where you can you can probably get one for not that much yeah totally and like mm-hmm. i said i am going to put that on the website quitthebuild.com which is a good stopping point. I think, you know, everyone needs to go check out the website because we've got some sweet new blog articles up there. Yeah, we uh, do. We are – the podcast episodes are automatically published to the to the website as soon as they go live. So you can check that out in the podcast uh, section. And there's information on the website on how you can join the Discord server. Uh, we've got a really awesome Facebook page as well that is just like booming. You've been on it with that. So, I mean, things are things are looking up for the QTV crew. What do you think? Yeah, there's a lot of cool things going on right now. And I, I think, you know, it, it kind of goes back to that that quit the build motto that and, and this is kind of one of those things where, yeah, it's on the Web page, but I, I do like to repeat it because I think in today's day and age, um, there really is a new focus about mental health 
um, yeah. especially with COVID and and kind of taking care of yourself mentally. And that's kind of what Quit the Build's always been about. You know, yeah. I, it that is is and I mean you 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 founded it is the idea of. You know, there are times, not just in gaming, but in life, where we do reach that point where it's, it's we're starting to get a little salty, you yeah. know? Oh, yeah. We're starting to get a little toxic. We've all been there, especially when you're playing games that are competitive and you're just, you've run across the wrong people and mm-hmm. maybe some life circumstances have got you down. And, you know, gaming at the end of the day should be a release and not a, an added stressor to your day. And totally. that's what Quit the Build is all about, is yeah. being able to back out, you know, sometimes restart the game, sometimes just restart your attitude yep. and come back in it with a, with a fresh approach. And with, like I, like I said, with that new uh, kind of focus that we've had with COVID about taking care of yourself mentally, I think now more than ever, you know, it's, it's an important thing to do. And that's what this community is about at its core. And we are super excited that all of you are coming along for the ride. So yes, please do check out uh, the website, check out the Facebook page. A lot of cool stuff happening. Yes. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in and listening. We do appreciate it. It has been so much fun to converse about gaming and just give you our ideas and thoughts behind all the stuff that comes comes up in the news because we've got a lot to say about it and I hope you're ready to hear about it. So thanks so much for tuning in. We will be back again with another episode on Saturday. So we hope you tune in until then for Nick, I'm Bruno. And for Bruno, I'm Nick. Peace out. What it do. 